Hey, what is going on, everyone? It's me, Mr. Mario, and welcome back to another episode of Mod Chat. In case you do not know, this is a podcast I do at least monthly in two places. First of all, with a visual here on the Mr. Mario 2011 YouTube channel, as well as a audio-only version that you can take around and listen to, well, like an actual podcast. Simply look up Mod Chat, all one word, on your favorite podcasting host, app, provider, and it should hopefully be on there. It's not on all of them, but it's on most of them, at least. Now, for our visual, I'm not going to be using this all too much here, but I did decide to use some gameplay. This is Hades running on the Nintendo Switch, and I will be honest, I'm not crazy about roguelikes, but... There's something different about this one. There's something special here, and it's pretty damn fun. But anyways, we're going to go ahead and jump into this episode here. I only have a small handful of topics, but they're all some pretty cool things. A little bit of old stuff, a little bit of new stuff, and all equally awesome, I would say. So first of all, we are starting off with the Nintendo Switch this month with a new program from developer Pluto called NXBT Red. And I'm assuming that'd be NX, of course, with that being the codename for the Switch and BT Red, short for Bluetooth Redirect. It even says right here, this is a Bluetooth audio driver slash redirector for Switch. It uses odd rec colon U service to record game audio, then outputs it on the new audio Bluetooth driver introduced in firmware version 12.0.0. So I'm not covering that firmware version here, but even in short, firmware 12.0.0 went live and there weren't too many at least front-facing changes, but one of the huge ones here is, as it notes, there is a new audio Bluetooth driver that was introduced here. So this is actually an interesting thing here because if you want to make use of this, your switch has to be running firmware 12.0.0 minimum. There is a big warning here stating you use this at your own risk. Not every headphone brand has been tested. There may be really loud noise. Be careful. Start out with a low volume and then increase if you like. In case of any type of malfunction, the sound will stop immediately if you hit the power button. And then just a simplified instruction here, it states you need to install firmware 12.0.0 or higher. You have to have the latest version of Atmosphere custom firmware. You have to have the latest version of Mission Control. And then you just download NX-BT-RED and unzip it to your SD card. Just looking at the folders here, it looks like you have your typical Atmosphere contents folder and all this good stuff right here. And then it even has a NRO file, which is the BT pair application so you'll be able to of course pair that this is also an interesting limitation here due to a limitation of the odd rec colon u service only games audio can be recorded not the system applets interesting all right so some people might even be asking here couldn't you already do that before because the switch has bluetooth on there well yes and no Yes, you could technically do this, but you couldn't do it all through software. You had to use a dongle like this, so you actually needed a physical device to plug into the switch, and from there you would be able to redirect the audio, but you needed something physical right here. Now, I'm not even really trying to put this product up for anybody, like I'm not trying to promote it. I don't own any of these products. I haven't used this. I'm just putting this up here as an example. This is a Genki Audio Bluetooth adapter is what it shows here. It looks like the switch i mean it's it's cute and such and then yeah you just that's actually really cool okay <laughs> i'm not going to be getting one of these but like that's really cool that it comes in like the switch case and everything but either way you needed a piece of hardware for this so now actually funny enough thanks to nintendo of all people since there is a bluetooth driver that you can use
use that is built into the firmware itself, this piece of homebrew software just makes use of it. So if you have a modified Nintendo Switch running Atmosphere Custom Firmware and you ever just want to connect using Bluetooth on there, this seems to work just fine. Next up, we are talking about one of my favorite systems of all time. This is the PSP, and my goodness, it's going to be a throwback to many people, I'm sure. I'm going to be citing this Wololo article here, but it states, PSP release, Despertar del Cementerio 9.00 with PSP 3003G and TA-088 version 3 compatibility. Bring your PSP back from the dead. So for anybody who does not know, these models right here, just the 03G and the TA-088 version 3, these are referring to models and motherboard versions here. Now talking about this here, developer Balika011, an awesome guy right here by the way, Balika011, big friend of the show right here, a really awesome dude, I've talked with him several times, and this guy, I, I, <laughs> I am not convinced he's a human, I'm convinced he is a machine, he's created some really awesome stuff for the scenes and the consoles that he's worked on. But either way, Balika011 has released an update to Despertar del Cementerio, the popular PSP unbricking tool. This new version, based on DDC7 source code and some heavy reverse engineering of DDC8, brings compatibility to the infamous TA88 version 3 motherboards, as well as the first generation of PSP3000, which is 03G. This follows impressive releases of a new kind of Pandora battery, Baryon Sweeper, which we have talked about before, that supports the PSP models historically known as tough nuts to crack. Now, even looking at Balika011's GitHub, he has a DC-M33 repository here. And if we scroll down and take a look at the README, Despertar del Cementerio and M33 custom firmware source code. This project is a continuation of the M33 team's work with using modern techniques and exploits. The main advantage over their version is this version supports 03G and the infamous TA-088 version 3, of course those two boards. In theory, the boot ROM exploit used should work on any PSP hardware ever released. However, 5.00 firmware only supports 01G, 02G, 03G. The source code in this repository is based on Despertar del Cementerio 7, 3.90 M33, published by Matthew LH, and a lot of reverse engineering of DC8 and 5.00 M33. The PSP Tools folder is used to encrypt and sign the built modules, a modified version of Infinity PSP Tools. He also gives thanks to the M33 team of developers, which is Dark Alex. Adra Hill, I believe that's how I'm saying that, and Matthew LH. Matthew LH yet again for answering my questions and rubber ducking, and Davey for 03G Boot ROM Dump and PSP Tools. So this is really awesome. Even looking at the first release here, it states that this does support all of the PSP 1000, 2000, and first generation of 3000 PSPs. It's really just downloading the zip. There is a TM folder there, and you just extract it over. Now, I'm not going to get into the setup here. However, it does cover it beautifully, and it answers the questions that you might have in regards to setting one of these up. So this is really awesome to see, and I do want to thank and shout out Balika011 for this here. If you are interested in learning more about the Pandora's battery itself and magic memory stick combination, I've actually covered some things on it. So in short, I actually did a pretty long video kind of just being a bit of a love note to the Pandora's battery and magic 
memory stick. However, that was using the older versions on here, which indeed work on most versions of the PSP 2000 and don't work on the PSP 3000. However, there have been efforts, I know several years ago, it was found that you can actually get it to work on all 2000s, but it didn't work on the 3000s, and now you can get this to work on all 1000s, all 2000s, and the first generation of PSP 3000 units. Of course, you're not going to be able to use this on the PSP Street or the PSP Go, because you can't just easily pop in a battery. And there was even a previous episode of Mod Chat in which I covered Baryon Sweeper, which the really exciting thing with that is it works on every single PSP, like the 1000, 2000, 3000, that has a removable battery. So yet again, not the street and not the go. And that one is a sort of, uh, I believe it's referred to as a Pandora's battery emulator, but it handles it all in a different way. So once you have your memory stick set up and you pair it with the Baryon sweeper with the proper software and such, you're able to use that on all of those PSPs with a removal battery, which is just, it's a fascinating time to be interested in the PSP right now. Now, if that wasn't enough, another one of my all-time favorite systems here, the Xbox 360, is going to get some love as well, too, with something huge, something big, something, well, let me just talk about this here. This is from Eaton, who, in case you do not know, he is the guy behind the fantastic and awesome Fat Explorer software. This is without a doubt the best software that you can use if you are trying to connect and work with and really, you know, read, write a Xbox 360 hard drive or even now an original Xbox hard drive if you use the beta releases. This is the best piece of software you can use for these if you are using a Windows PC. So if you're familiar with this software at all, you are familiar with Eaton. Either way, just reading off this post here he made on Reddit, he states, I am pleased to unveil a new USB patch currently in development that will extend the current 2 terabyte USB limit all the way up to 16 terabytes. While 16 terabytes hasn't actually been tested yet, that is the new theoretical maximum. The patch is being developed with a 4 terabyte hard drive as a test subject, and it's working great with it so far. With three USB mass storage drives supported on the console, you might even be able to add up to 48 terabytes of external storage now. This is not a release, and it will still be a while before that happens. More testing needs to be done to ensure full compatibility with Xbox software, and a special formatting process needs to be created because large USBs like this cannot be formatted on the dashboard or any current PC software. For a small FAQ here, he states, How does this work? The Xbox 360's kernel USB mass storage driver has been upgraded to support SCSI commands that work with blocks past 2 terabytes. More technical details may follow in the future once everything is finalized. Will this work on retail? No, and it never will. JTAG and RGH only. What USBs will work? Any standard USB hard drive should be fine. Drives under 2 terabytes are not guaranteed to work anymore with this patch, and you should not apply this patch if you still use them. That is actually really important to know of right there. Wow. You can also get a docking station, a 3.5 inch hard drive, and that will work too. 
It may be necessary for external power to be provided by the wall, or a second USB port on your console since large disks may require more power than a single USB port can provide. How do I apply the patch? When released, you will apply them to your XE build patch set and then flash a new NAND to your console. Dash launch cannot be used because the patches would be applied too late during the boot process. What file system will drives be formatted? How many partitions? It will be formatted FATX. Microsoft changed the USB format to FAT32 in the April 2015 system update, and I, I do remember that. But it's being changed back to FATX to make the special formatting process easier, and to fully take advantage of all space. This is also not the same as the original USB FATX format. There will be no data files. There will be one partition from offset zero of the drive all the way to the very end. And lastly, will this patch also work for internal SATA drives? What about an OG Xbox? There are additional challenges for internal SATA drives that are being worked through. Do note that there doesn't appear to be hard drives larger than 2TB that will actually fit in an Xbox 360's drive bay. Nothing has been found to suggest this trick won't work on OG Xbox, but it will take a lot longer since it's an entirely different CPU and patching process to get familiar with. So let's go ahead and look at some screenshots as well. First of all, this is him showing the storage devices on the dashboard. So you can see he has a 500 gigabyte internal hard drive on this console. And then he has a four terabyte USB hard drive hooked up. Showing the device options right here, that certainly looks good. There's only, well, one gigabyte of free space missing right there for the capacity, but that's fine. You can see he is in game on one of the Halo games in the background. And there is the four terabyte hard drive showing up. He states here, XEX menu homebrew application recognized the space all tested homebrew applications appears to show it without issues and you can see at the bottom it shows device usage 0.01 gigabyte out of well you know rounded up about four terabytes and this is the hard drive with the docking station that he's using now to anybody who does not know i actually fired up my xbox 360 for this yes you can use usb drives like that and indeed they used to be a special fat x usb storage but when this ended up cutting over in that April 2015 update, so wow, just over six years ago, it ended up changing USB drives to FAT32, and it would put all the Xbox 360 data in a hidden uh, content folder on the USB drive, which you can access just fine without any third-party software. You just had to show hidden folders and files when you hooked it up through Windows, so it, it still worked just fine. However, the way it works is you can go over to settings, go to system, and when you plug in a USB drive, you can go to storage, and it would show up as something like this, unformatted, so you'd hit OK. You can then format, and at this point, you can then format it here, and when you format it, it's just going to format this to a FAT32 USB drive. Now, one of the caveats with this is it's limited to two terabytes. So this was the big thing at the time back in 2015. Once that update was applied, the big news there was all of a sudden, you could use up to two terabytes for a USB drive. I don't remember what it was before. I know it was something much smaller, but I just know it was a huge upgrade going up to two terabytes. But now at this point, of course, in 2021, with two terabytes being on the smaller size, unless you're dealing with a solid state drive, but if you're getting a hard drive, I mean, you're wanting to go with something huge on there, like maybe eight terabytes, 12 terabytes, whatever it might be. This is nice to see. I do wonder why he's picking 
16 terabytes as a theoretical limit. I'm not sure of what's going on there because that was never explained. However, I mean, it's a huge upgrade on there. But also, like he was saying, you know, once this is all applied, I would not be able to do it from here. I could not just format my USB drives through the console anymore. This is actually a 128 gigabyte USB drive that I'm using here as an example, so it wouldn't even work here properly to begin with. Uh, but mind you, in regards to this, I would have to take this drive or whatever drive I'm using, format it in a special way on my PC, probably using one of his tools or, you know, a guide he has, and then use it on the Xbox 360. It doesn't seem like this is going to be for everyone, but for the people who will be making use of it, it's going to be incredibly useful and incredibly awesome. Do keep in mind, Eaton has not mentioned or even hinted at any sort of release date in regards to this, so it's just going to be one of those things that it's going to be released and done, when it's done, and I am perfectly happy waiting for that. So now for our final topic here, I like to pick something that is cool, that's funny, that's interesting, that's kind of off the wall, but still could be in regards to modding. Sometimes it's news, sometimes it's not. And this is, well, hmm, this is can a Wii U burn a DVD for backup slash extended storage? And this was uploaded by YouTube user Will It Work? And I, I am going to spoil it here. Yes, yes, you can. But let's talk about this as well, too. So I'm even just going to play this and show it here just a little bit. But this is him talking about it, showing everything. Now, as you can see, he has the Wii U console. He has a DVD burner, an external one. And he has a uh, USB Power, like a, a powered USB hub. So he's able to hook the USB hub up to the back of the Wii U. The Wii U is known for not providing very much power to its external USB drives. So you have to use, like if you're using a hard drive of any kind, unless it's like a weak 2.0 drive, like USB 2.0 drive, you have to use a Y cable or you have to power it. So he's powering this hub externally here. Now at the moment he has everything shown and it looks like he's trying to get this all set up. So he's just going to take a standard DVD-R, which it's like we're all looking at this and we're seeing, oh, there's no way this is going to work. There's absolutely no way. And honestly, this is one of those things as well too. If you asked me this question, I would have flat out told you no. Like this is not possible. What are you thinking? Uh, but let's even see because you would be, and I guess I myself would be partially right on here. So he's going through the process of trying to format this. It does seem to check for the USB storage. I don't exactly remember what comes up here. I don't remember if it's an error or what, but even you can look here at the indicator light. There is no green indicator light that is flashing on the DVD drive. So it shows to me that the Wii U is not even trying with this thing. And yeah, he just cancels right there. Now, what Will It Work does is he tries something different. He tries DVD-RAM. No, that's not DVD-R, that's not DVD-ROM, that's DVD-RAM. DVD-RAM is actually a format that I know of, but I know hardly anything about it. Pretty much the two things I know about it are, or three things, I know it's it exists, I know that it's slow, and I know that the discs are expensive. However, it has something that he mentions here, which I had no idea. You can format a DVD-RAM disc to any file system. I, I had no idea, and that's where the gears started turning when I was watching this. So you even see it right here. He ends up like, I, I've spoiled it a little bit, but he goes through the same process, and look at that. 
the Wii U found it, and it's allowing him to format. And when he hits format, the DVD writer actually starts writing the format and everything. It starts initializing the disc. I thought this was absolutely insane. Like, this this doesn't just work on the Wii U. This can work on other consoles as well, too. You just have to actually try it and have, of course, you know, DVD-RAM discs available. Now, what he does here is, in order to answer this question, he ends up going through and he takes a digital-only game that he has on his console, and he ends up moving it from the console's internal 32GB NAND over to the DVD RAM disk. It takes way too long because the write speed is extremely slow on DVD RAM. And finally, what does he do? Well, he goes back into the Wii U system menu and he actually boots up this game and it, it works. Is it playable? Probably not because you're not dealing with a slow USB drive or a dying hard drive or internal NAND on there, you're dealing with probably like 1x speed on a DVD RAM disc. So would this be something that's feasible? Absolutely not. But is it something that's possible? Well, <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it is. And, and it's beautiful. It's not great. I'm sure it's not great in terms of usability, but it's really awesome that this is entirely possible now. <laughs> and that is it for this month's episode of Mod Chat. I hope you all enjoyed it. There was only four topics here that I covered, but you know what? They were all topics that were very interesting and all very different in my opinion. So I really enjoyed covering all of these here. Now, in case you haven't listened to any of these episodes before or watched them, what I like to do at the very end as a little bit of a special for anybody who's made it to the end here, I like to choose a key keyword. And if you use this keyword within a comment on the YouTube upload of this episode, I will know that you made it to the end. Now, what are we going to choose for this? How about blue? Do you have a Bluetooth adapter? Are you going to try that Bluetooth redirect application? Do you like the color blue? Do you hate the color blue? Are you feeling blue? Well, I certainly hope not. But if you use the word blue in your comment on the YouTube upload, I know, well, I will know that you've made it to the end of this episode. Anyways, that is about it for this episode of Mod Chat. Thank you very much for listening and watching, everyone. And until next time.